Dear the house guest, this is a rough one for me. My cries that the Luca Dr. Martin storyline went awry were in vain. And it all comes to fruition in this episode. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear the house guest, how does one go about organizing dinner parties and sleepovers, ignoring very dangerous people who have recently attempted murder and or survived actual murder? Take a page out of Damon Salvatore's playbook on leading a somewhat normal life in the midst of drama and chaos while giving it a comedic twist, just how I like it. Psychic witch attacks, vampires that can't be killed, doppelgangers that can't take a hint, and ominous <laughs> prophecies, all while romancing your best friend's younger sibling, make the vampire drydies truly an eternal flame. Sincerely, Anusha. Welcome back to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you through this episode of The Vampire Diaries Season 2, Episode 16, The House Guest. I am your host, Bridget, and today we have a guest with us. Hi, Anusha. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> Better now that you're here. That was a wonderful <laughs> intro. <laughs> I had a lot of fun writing it. <laughs> We won't be delving into future episodes today, but we will be discussing this episode, The House Guest, in detail. You've been warned. Speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes, so please check the episode description for trigger warnings and resources. All right, Anusha, this is the episode where Stefan and Bonnie try to convince Jonas and Luca they should all be working together, but Jonas's lack of trust leads to a violent confrontation. Is it really his lack of trust? I kind of don't blame him for what happens to him. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. Agreed. I think this was an excellent episode for us to sort of go into that angle. I think we've discussed this before in our other episodes about um the main issue being like tokenizing certain characters. And this episode was a great example of that. I mean... Um, you know, lying to people, literally putting them and their family in danger, in physical harm, and then yes. expecting them to just go with it. I Work with you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. I can't wait to get to that part of the episode so that I can rant and you can tell me that I'm right. Great. <laughs> Previously on The Vampire Diaries. The only things you need to know is that Catherine's now out of the tomb. Uh, once again, she's like Houdini. She just gets out of there every time. Uh, Dr. Martin's daughter, uh, Greta, Klaus has her, and Dr. Martin took Bonnie's powers. Elijah has been temporarily killed, staked, in this weird dungeon room in the Salvador house. And that's all you need to know to start the episode. And we do start the episode in the Salvatore house. Stefan and Elena are having some fun, getting ready for school. <laughs> this scene is just sort of, it's... So I've seen a lot of comments, like funny comments, of course, being like, what GPA did all the cast members graduate with? You know, this this episode was just like hilarious because Elena actually asks, <laughs> like, you know, Stefan, be like, shouldn't we be going to school? You know, that thing that we have to do, like nobody has any sort of like academic deadlines or obligations except uh, Jeremy. But I feel like these people just yeah. they never work on projects. They never have tests. They don't go to the library except <laughs> yeah. for like, yeah. So I don't know. It's funny, but I, I'm i not sure if it was this episode but or some other episode that I've heard um, the scene where like Elena and Stefan were sort of having their moment in the morning. Um, apparently there was a, a something funny happened uh, during the shoot because oh apparently like Stefan's big toe was being zoomed in from the like the camera crew from where they're standing and it looked like something else <laughs> so <laughs> i'm not sure if it was this episode but um, yeah a big toe i think paul wesley can do better than that so. well it's a good thing you mentioned the trigger warning uh that is yeah <laughs> so yeah they the yes. like i've heard them like say the story on like a bunch of conventions but i'm honestly i'm not 100 percent sure if it's this episode i think it's maybe it's not or maybe it is but yeah so like everybody was laughing and stefan was like what's the what's happening what's the problem and they were like oh no it's just that your big toe looks like it's your big something else so yes. <laughs> so yeah that was funny and now i can't like un 
unhear that story. So yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Now I now I will not be able to unhear that yeah. story. I love it. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, this is a very sexy little scene where they're getting ready for school, and he keeps being like, "School? What's that?" And he's all like trying to kiss her, and they're just having way too much fun. Uh, meanwhile, downstairs. Um, we think it's like a cut to later and Elena is like getting ready and she's like, bye, Damon. And he's like, bye. And then he rushes her and he's like, you think this is going to work wearing her clothes? And she's like, you think I'm Catherine? Why would you think that? Catherine's supposed to be in the tomb. Isn't and, she? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Stefan comes downstairs and he's like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. You tell me, like, is Catherine in the tomb or isn't she? And they all rush upstairs and Stefan grabs who is really elena by the throat and is like where wh- what are you doing like and she's like Stefan, you're hurting me and Catherine appears in the doorway and she's like oh it's getting really easy being you yeah <laughs> i love nina dobrev's acting as Catherine. i just think she's beautiful and so it's just it's just so well done yeah she can really switch it on like when she has to right like the whole the cold sort of calm like Catherine yes and I just love how on this show like the the main people other than Nina Dobrev like who bring Catherine to life I think is like the hair the hairstylist definitely we we all know Catherine's charm lives in her curls yeah <laughs> so it's like either if it's like straight hair it's Elena if it's like curly it's Catherine and when Catherine's doing a really good impression exactly yeah. which is played with so much yeah exactly and I think that I remember reading like back when I was in in college and I was watching this show for like the first time. I'd heard that Nina Dobrev actually puts in like at the time she had a very serious sort of hair care um, routine and she needed to maintain like you know the the glossy kind of straight hair. That's so right. So she was saying that, yeah she couldn't do a lot of stuff because of that. But I don't know. I just feel like her hair really was such an important part of like her character uh, yeah. on this show. Definitely. Yeah. It gives Catherine like a sultry edge that Elena does not have. Yeah. Elena's hair is straight, yeah. like like how she's straight edge. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. But I'm living for all four of them being in a room together, like watching 100%. Catherine like make her case of why they need her. And she's like, she makes a good point. She says, do you even know what Klaus looks like? And I'm like, no, exactly. maybe now would no. be a good time for you to good tell time. them. <laughs> Agreed. I put this in my notes as well. Like, does like Catherine saying does anyone know how Klaus looks and where he is you know that because it's like he's like this sort of this villain that's just like unraveling episode after episode and they're like oh my god he's like the oldest the most ruthless guy and we have no idea about anything else um but I have to say the reveal whenever that happens was quite um it was quite good so we'll get into that later I don't know there's just something about like Catherine in this episode and the next as well where like you want to believe her that she wants to help but like she does have this sense of like mystery like she is hiding something we just don't know Mm -hmm. what but then again she does offer to help and she does help in this episode we see that her role is actually quite useful for for the entire like group but yeah I think she does that quite well like she balances that you can trust me versus I am hiding something sort of um you know that I think she does that really well yes speaking of hiding something we go to Mystic Falls High where Matt and Caroline are in the hallway and Matt doesn't understand like what her indecision is about he's like I obviously want to be with you why do you want to be with me and he makes this good point where he's like I'm usually the one that's lost for words since when are you the one that's lost for words yeah and she's dealing with the same decision that Stefan had to deal with which is like I'm a vampire do I put this human that I love in harm's way and they talk about Tyler mm-hmm. and he's like yeah I think Tyler was saying goodbye to me the last time and I'm like yeah you think Matt he definitely was <laughs> Now that he's missing, kind of, and... Yeah. Also, yeah. I think Tyler leaving, I mean, when he, like, stopped by the grill to say bye, I think that was some excellent post-production music. We've discussed this, I think. Um, yes, Family Tree. Yeah, such a nice I was song. just singing that to myself today. Yeah. You're, you're in my brain, Manusha. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> so I think that she did that pretty well, you know? Like, yeah. Obviously, she likes him a lot, yeah. and she doesn't want to lose him, but then she can't lie to him either. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And we see that paralleled in Jenna and Alaric's dynamic, which we'll get to a little later. 
Meanwhile, in the parking lot at school, Stefan is pulling up with his little red car and they're walking in and Elena is like, I don't want Catherine shacking up with you. And there's this great moment where Stefan is just really compassionate and he pulls her aside and he's like, do you want me, like, do you want to stay at your place tonight? Like, I just love him. I love how like Agreed. attentive he yeah. is to her needs. And she's like, no, I can't because we're having a sleepover because she says, Bonnie's freaked out because she lost her powers and Caroline's got mat drama again. And I'm like, do we see how those things are not the same? Like, do we see how maybe Bonnie might be more traumatized than Caroline deciding whether or not she wants to date someone? Like, can we all gather around Bonnie? Sorry. I agree. <laughs> like, I think that, yeah, like, honestly, when I was watching this show, did it didn't strike me. But now that you mention it, 100%, like, Bonnie has gone through way more than... I mean, then like one sort of emotional kind of heartbreak, right? Like she's, she has dealing with family stuff. And then like, yes. she puts herself in a lot of physically dangerous situations just for other people. I think another body of scholarship that I would probably be interested to tap into is like mental health issues for supernatural people. Ooh, you know, this nobody says anything about this. Like yeah. narcissistic tendencies, mm -hmm. BPD, like yeah. depression anxiety like apparently like supernatural creatures don't have any type of mental health and and neither do the people who live with them because right you know yeah, is, yeah. Catherine is definitely a narcissist yeah anyway <laughs> but we love her yeah because she's pretty and shiny <laughs> and fun um speaking of Catherine, she walks in on damon in the basement like using a flamethrower on elijah's body and she's like he's indestructible if you're trying to get the dagger back and he's like yeah you don't say and while she comes in he's like um did you know that using the dagger would kill me and she's like, oh, there's just a lot of rules. I don't know. I don't know. And he points a flamethrower at her. And she's like, you wouldn't. Like, just be smart. Like, you need me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, okay. And then as she's leaving, she she puts this dig into Damon, which is, I didn't care who I hurt. I just needed to get out of the tomb. Of course I knew you would die. Yeah. And it's just like, leave Damon alone, Catherine. <laughs> What the fuck? I know, like, and he's you been know that so he was much for you. Exactly. He okay. I mean, he he has gone through a lot, and he was in love with her for like, I don't know, like more than a what is a normal period of time. And I think yeah. she knows that. And I Centuries. feel like she just never. I don't know. It's true. Like she never sort of showed she uses compassion him again and again. Yeah, and whenever yeah. when okay, so even if she is not using him. I feel like she never ever was like, you know, Damon, I'm sorry for what happened. You know, like falling in love is is really not in his control. But like you can just, yeah. you don't have to rub it in his face that you didn't pick him. Yeah. And also that you don't care about his well-being at all, yeah. obviously. Well, well, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. The other thing that she said, which you mentioned, is the whole so many rules. It's so confusing. And I think that this is an amazing yeah. episode for that as well like we're reaching i feel like this episode and this this general this timeline that we're in in the vampire diaries is an excellent time for new rules to be introduced regarding the originals yes it's, uh, yes. yeah it's great like it, this again this makes season two one of the writers best i think this bringing in a whole yes. new like dimension to the show with new vampires and new rules that affect them and new objects like talismans all of that so really really good point in the show for listeners to join in yeah hell yeah i love that so we go to the high school hallway where um jeremy and bonnie are having a little moment and stefan walks up and he's just trying to get bonnie to get the martins on their side yeah so of all of the people on this show i think that stefan is probably the least problematic when it actually comes to dealing with the mm. martins although i honestly feel like the martins are just roped into a lot of things that ultimately you know doesn't help them at all but it they they seem not to have a choice you know warlocks being in mystic falls in this time and all of that but i, I think yeah. at least stefan sort of apologizes and he kind of makes an effort to like you know he yeah. shows them that he can be trusted as opposed to, say, Bonnie and the others who are just like, oh, we'll just, like, I don't know, use magic. Kidnapping Luca. Yeah. Infiltrating his mind. Exactly. Yep. 
And then pretend like we didn't do any of that. Right. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. And totally gaslight him. It's truly horrendous the way that they've treated Luca. And I do want to point out, like, I, I hear you about Stefan, but I also think he says something in this scene that says, well, it's either win them over or someone ends up dead. And I'm like, why? Why does it have to be that? Like, why they're interfacing with these two powerful black male witches i'm never going to call them warlocks um they're interfacing with these powerful men yeah. and it's like why does some why do the stakes have to be that someone ends up dead it's true like i mean stefan is sort of always like his first um in in these sort of conflict situations stefan is always sort of the composed guy right like he tries to talk talk people into the like joining them and he wants to persuade people that they're actually worth being on the team that yeah you know is going to get things done the right way but then he eventually does kind of pressurize i guess be like okay he's ultimately on their side right like yeah. whatever like elena's side and bonnie's side bonnie is like well they hate us so that's going to be difficult but they'll meet them at the grill they're going to try and then stefan walks away and jeremy tries to smooch bonnie and she's all like hmm? Like, she's shy about the PDA because they haven't told Elena yet. And it's very cute. Yeah. And she said that I, I'm going to tell Elena. Like, I think that, yeah, this could be, I don't know. I feel like this is probably the writer's, like, first time, like, bringing Bonnie in with, like, a main character as a love interest, right? Because usually yes, it is the first they time. show her as, like, yeah, you know, like, they show that, they show Bonnie as being romantically interested in, like, um, like a character that just sort of gets written off the show fairly yep. soon. Um, written off so is a nice was... way of saying killed. <laughs> yes. Killed. Yes. Or it, yeah, exactly. So I, I was a bit surprised because I don't know, maybe I just didn't catch it. But as a viewer, I feel like if they hadn't made these scenes obvious, I would not have perceived the chemistry between Jeremy and Bonnie. I think they had to make it pretty explicit for me to actually get it. Yeah, totally. Because um, they don't have a natural... I don't think that they are the best match. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's just... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, though. Speaking of difficult matches, Alaric's freaking out about Jenna, and he and Elena mm. are having a little powwow about it. And she's like, you think we should tell Jenna? And I'm like, it's late in season two. You should probably tell Jenna. Yeah. And she's like, but how do we do it? Like, how does someone hear that? And I like that Alaric is like, I don't know, but I wanted to leave it up to you because, like, you know, she's your aunt. And I, I dig that he includes Elena in this convo. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I like that he was kind of honest about it in the sense that when it started to become an issue with Jenna, because she made it clear that she doesn't appreciate being kept in the dark. He yes. was like, well, I can't really tell her now. And if I can't, then I'm just going to end it. You know, that's yeah. actually the healthy thing to do. Because most people on the show are gonna like... Going to keep up the lie. Yeah, maybe if they don't know, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Caroline does. <laughs> exactly. Until the end. Yeah, and this is another example, right? Of like the kids sort of taking care of the adults. Like, yeah, I, I know that Jenna... Yeah, so I, I, I think Jenna is just so cool and responsible and like, just such a, a good influence on the kids' lives. I would have imagined that she should, she they could have told her like right at the start, right? So, yeah, I mean, also like Alaric, like come on, like he's put in a pretty hard situation as well. Like it's not like he wanted like Isabel to be back in the picture. Exactly. So I don't know. I'm also not fan, a fan of Isabel's character. I think she's done a great job portraying her, which is like yeah. also a testament to the fact that so many people just don't like her character yeah you know? well she she's quite narcissistic as well yeah the character yes yeah and and the way she portrays it there's this sort of chill like coldness to her right like yeah. she's absolutely has no warmth in her right. at all yeah certainly not when we've seen her before yes exactly um speaking of not having warmth uh we go to the grill where there's this uh kind of a cold conversation happening between the Martins and Bonnie and Stefan. And Bonnie is trying to harp on their heartstrings a little bit by being like, we can help you get back your sister and your daughter. You know, we know Klaus has her. And she says, I'm sorry about the way that I had to get that information. 
but it's good that we know. And I'm like, you had to? Oh, you had to? I don't know. I'm still not on board with that. Um, yeah. It's it's such a, it's such cold comfort when they're like, oh, I give you my word. We all do. It's like your word doesn't mean half as much as Anything. Elijah's. And I understand <laughs> why Dr. Martin is like, fuck these people, especially because of what they've done to Luca. Yeah, agreed. I think in this scene, Dr. Martin was obviously like pissed off that he had to come. But he says that Luca made a case to hear Bonnie and Stefan out. So Luca actually gave... Like, he forgave them. Which is crazy. Yeah, it is. Luca's too good for this show. It's so sad. And, like, it would have made more sense if they had done what I said and made it more of a thing between Bonnie and Luca. Like, if it had come out in, like, trust and he was trying to get his dad on board. But, you know, it's like, it it just would have been so much better than having it be, like, us versus them. Which, you know, harps on some racist themes as well. Um... But, you know, I, I get it. Like, I understand why they think of them as like, we need them on our team or else that's going to be bad. Agreed. And but... I think that this also brings about, other than the sort of the racism themes that we have discussed in other episodes, that also brings out for me like themes of like this clique kind of a culture. Because if you look at the main, mm. the, the main characters, right? Like Bonnie, we think like we think her character was definitely sidelined yeah but then now you include bonnie and luca and dr martin i feel like so there's like the inner circle and then you have yeah and they have the chance to join the show right so it's like bonnie's treated badly in like relative to the other characters but she's treated like somewhat better than like luca and dr martin yeah um so that's interesting from a gender perspective yes but yeah I, i definitely feel like the race themes are definitely there, but... I'm glad that you brought up the gender thing because there's some intersectional stuff yeah. that I wanted to talk about, about viewing... Yeah. Viewing especially Black men as, like, bombs that are going to go off and kill everyone and, like, oh, we have to end them first before they end us is very... Um, that's a trope mm. that is really harmful, and we see that especially in the U.S. of why that's so harmful And because it's like, if you innately think of someone as dangerous, you're going to justify a lot of inhumane behavior. And I think that that is exactly what happens in this episode with what happens. But we're we're not quite there yet. But oh boy. Yeah. It's, it gets worse. It gets so much worse. Um, So going over to the Salvatore house. Damon is go- like unloading all the journals and Catherine comes in. She's just like slinking behind him the whole episode. I love it. She's like, um, can I help you? And he's like, can you tell me where a bunch of witches were massacred hundreds of years ago? And she's like, no. And he's like, then you can't help. <laughs> and she tries to take a journal and he like whacks her hand. And it's like, they still have a lot of chemistry. He like pushes her against the okay. piano and she just thinks that it's hot She's like, if it's any consolation, I'm so glad you're not dead. But he's kind of disgusted by this. And she does offer up some information. She says, when a witch dies violently, they mark the place of their death with power. And he's like, ooh, like power like a hundred dead witches. Got it. Yeah. And yeah, Catherine is very interested. She asks a lot of questions like about Elijah's plans. Did he have a plan to kill Klaus? Did he have a dagger? Did he have a weapon? You know, why do you want to know where the witches were massacred? She's asking all the right questions because Catherine is very smart. Uh, But Stefan comes in and he's like, why isn't she gone or dead yet? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) They hate her being here and it's wonderful. Yeah. No, they hate her being here and they're sort of like, they're just, she's just like, I think Damon puts it really well. He's like, you're the unwanted house guest. Yes, exactly. You know, it's like we can't. We're like we clearly can't physically prevent you from living here. So if you must, just like don't bother us. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I don't know what it is, but I love the side. I love this side of Damon that comes out when he's yes, uh, standing up uh, to Catherine, like you know, confronting the person that you love that put you through misery, and then continues to be a walking reminder of how you were manipulated and he's still able to like treat her with you know like a minimum amount of respect and restraint i i like this side of damon yes i love that that is a great point because she very much traumatized him and like made yeah definitely is sort of the making of the wound of the person that we met in season one um so it's nice to see him growing a bit yeah (laughs) oh boy um so 
we go or maybe i'm just biased yeah i know (laughs) because it's hard because it's ian summerhalder how could we not just love him and everything yeah um we go over to dr martin's apartment and luca is kind of upset that his dad shared this information with them about you know the witches and the site of the massacre and he's like we don't have anything to worry about we searched for it already we couldn't find it there's no way that they're going to find it and i'm like Ooh, you're kind of underestimating the salvatore brothers there you know what's funny though i do want to say like um on the topic of sort of like ancient um burial grounds um it's interesting because of course we know witches in this show are typically coded as black and so obviously these were sort of like either slave burial grounds or like you know if they were burned obviously like persecuted and just like left and the fact that they don't know a very historical site of like a, a massacre is very real uh in my hometown in new england they were drilling for i think they were going to put in like a new sewer and they found like so many coffins of like it was an african burial ground wow they they don't know like exactly when it got cut off the maps but it used to be on the maps of the town and then the town built shit on top of this burial ground of like 200 coffins that's insane yeah yeah and what's crazy is that like they haven't brought up all of the coffins they they only brought up like i think 13 because that was where the pipeline was going to go. And I mean, to their credit, they did put up like a statue and like they put up some remembrance of like, this is the site of, you know, where these people, you know, were laid to rest. But yeah, at some point, the town just like paved over and built shit on top of this very sacred resting place. And so that's, I don't know, I just wanted to say that that's, there's great honor in honoring the place of people's you know where, where they're buried and that is something that got lost with slaves in the u.s for sure and i think on the point of what you're saying you know we could discuss this in i think it's was this in the dinner guest episode like didn't elijah um i think he he talks a little bit about this like when he's on he did yeah so i i actually looked it up and i was reading about the like sort of the the burial spots for like slave um uh, the that the slave owners had for the black people and yeah. i think elijah mentions something he said that this town was not really built by the founders right something like that yes exactly yeah elijah knew what was up yeah but yeah so coming back to the scene dr martin plans to bring elijah back makes sense they but they've been working together you know he knows he's trustworthy and he's hot so why not bring it back so we go to the Gilbert house where it's sleepover time and they're ordering pizza and Caroline goes to order it. Uh, but she's stopped in her tracks by a picture of her and Matt in front of a bus. Miss Mystic Falls. I remember that episode. Such a good episode. And Bonnie just like takes it from her and she's like, I'll do it as if we're all here to support Caroline's feelings and not Bonnie's around how fucking traumatic it was for her to lose her powers, but okay. We don't even get her take on that. You know, is she relieved to have lost her powers? Does she feel helpless? Like, does she feel less connected to her grandmother? Is it weird to be vulnerable? Is it a relief to be normal? Like, all of these things, we don't get Bonnie's take on it. That's so interesting. Oh my god, this is why I love speaking to you, because <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure when I when I watched all of that happening like I was extremely impressed by Bonnie as a character but then yes. when I was kind of making my notes for this the show I don't know why I didn't it didn't strike me to put this down but you're so right because this okay so Bonnie realizing that she's a witch is kind of it sort of gave her life a whole new like dimension right like so totally. I never really I never saw it that way like I know that we we like um, they show they show us that Bonnie was really really upset and panicked when she lost like all of her powers and she was really yes. sad. But yes. then they don't really address it afterwards. It's not like oh how are you processing this or right. what is your current relationship with yourself? Like do you feel like you're still yes. a witch or are you still just do you feel like you're the old Bonnie but then you can't relate to like all of your friends now because they're all different. That's so interesting that I've never 
although we, we like you said we don't we wouldn't consider ourselves as like willing willfully ignorant people but i failed to notice things from bonnie's perspective that i would yeah. be sensitive to if it happened to another character so totally. that's like an excellent yeah, yeah i i don't know I, i feel like this is really a good point for like our listeners also to reflect on yeah yeah so exactly. thank you for bringing this up oh absolutely yeah. i i also think that caroline her storyline is just so prominently featured in this episode what do you like how do you the the juxtaposition yeah. of that what's your take on that okay look i think if we look at this from the angle of like making this show like a commercial success i get it you know people want to know like people like us yes they're interested in like bonnie storyline and like the whole the the actual supernatural element of it but i can understand yeah. that that a lot of their viewers are probably like adolescent you know adolescent people and they're interested in the sort of the love stories and the love triangles and they really a lot of them maybe are rooting for like Matt and Caroline and I'm sure Caroline like Candice has a lot of fans as well who are interested Oh yeah I'm I'm one of them I love her. Yeah, yeah. Who, who and I'm pretty sure her fans are like extremely invested in her journey right like in her character arc or whatever so they would want to see more of her but when you look at it from like when you weigh the seriousness of Caroline's problems as versus like the the potential for bonnie's problems to actually influence the storyline i'm like you could yes. have, you could have done a lot more as a writer i think if you used bonnie's if you went the bonnie direction but i think that yes. maybe this was a trade off that they had to do to pro- probably make this episode like well balanced cuz it's very action packed i would say it is. so maybe they wanted to like for example i love that they brought out caroline singing in this show she's i think she's so, so good. good i love the song eternal flame yeah she's really good but but interestingly apparently cat gram also like she's actually a singer as well she right is. like so she had a lot of music that she had written and she would have wanted to like she could have potentially performed as well i don't yeah. know yeah so i i that's... love it i just think it's not well placed in this episode because agreed it's just like you know with bonnie dealing with losing her powers it could have been a really good parallel to the jonas and dr martin storyline yeah you know and and them talking about that and what does it mean and her being helpless at the grill later she does mention that she's like i hated that but then it's like mm, you know it's not enough i think um i think this could have been an excellent way for the writers to kind of make to start like the witch kind of support group right like yeah. there's nobody like us so like dr martin always says like he's very sort of proud and in his convictions of being a witch and yes. he knows that he's extremely powerful yes. and he knows where his allegiance lies so i think he could have sort of brought bonnie into his circle instead of treating her as an outsider the whole time you know yes so jenna enters oh my god uh jenna i just think a she's just such a breath of fresh air like she's the person that this show really kind of needs uh, she's just kind of like she's able to handle a lot of high pressure situations but like she's kind of realistic about it yes and i can totally get why like she knows something is up alaric is hiding something and he's like not willing to share what it is and it obviously drives her insane exactly um, i'm just wondering why is alaric at the grill is it even alaric <laughs> and like what is his role in all of this like why are you here yeah for the live music of course um <laughs> yeah and that's what happens in this scene is like caroline yeah. gets into a little tiff with jenna where she's like you know well maybe alaric just can't tell you the truth because it's hard and she's like well it doesn't matter like i deserve it and they but she distracts by being like there's a band at the grill we could go dance and they're all like yeah let's do that <laughs> she says she's trading alaric for senior tequila i love that like you know i i laughed <laughs> it's very yeah. good yes for sure and he's like well he's not going to treat you very nicely and she's like well then the two of you have a lot in common yeah uh, <laughs> which is great yeah um i'm realizing that i wish i had broken down the structure of this episode into storylines for characters rather than in order but actually the fact that we go back and forth between this like light yeah sort of romantic comedy vibe at the grill where like caroline you know sings for matt and does her thing yeah it's intercut with like luca and dr martin and 
in this scene, they astral project to the Salvatore house. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Martin is like, I'm strong enough to send you. Are you sure you want to do this? And Luca is like, yeah, like, we have to get Greta back. Yeah. And it's it's nice to see witches work together to do stuff. And it's super exciting when this happens because it's always new. You're like, what is happening? Like, he's walking through the Salvatore house and he's like, I see Damon and Elena. They're reading. And he doesn't realize it's Catherine because... Her hair is straight from this morning, pretending to be Elena. Convenient. Uh, yes, and, it's, and it was super <laughs> interesting that Damon kind of sensed something. Like, you know, in that scene, he sort of looks yeah. around. He's like, wait, what was that? Like, should Yeah, it, just yeah. like a presence. That was that was yeah. really interesting for me. Like, I, I love how, like, they have that sort of attention, I guess, to detail. Um, totally. And Catherine does, too. Like, she, um, when she goes downstairs yes, for the blood bag. exactly. She sort of turns around. She gets this sense that someone's there. And she walks into the basement where Elijah is. Yeah. And she sees the dagger being slowly taken out. And she vamps over there. And she pushes it back in. And we see Dr. Martin going, what's wrong? And Luca is like, it's Elena. She's fighting me. And she's stronger than me? And... Dr. Martin's so smart, he realizes immediately that it's Catherine. Um, did he not realize that this was a possibility? I mean, honestly, like, did you? what did you think? You're literally sending your son into this house. Do, he even tells you Catherine is dead. He tells you Damon is dead. He is even seeing this flamethrower type situation. You really, like, how much, like, I mean, I just feel like, Dr. Martin could have like withdrawn the operation, like he could have suspended the operation. You know, why did he push Luca? So, and he was like, fight her and stuff like that. You need to get a stake and drive it through her heart. Yeah. And so Luca breaks a chair, which is terrifying. And Catherine gets stabbed and she's like, Damon! And Damon rushes down there and she points over to the dagger, which is starting to come out. And instead of. What, if, what does he do, Anusha? So then he uses this sort of torching device, I guess. And then he kind of um, basically uh, sets Luca on fire. Dr. Martin is really upset. And then he, but by the time he tries to do something, it's too late. And then, and I guess Luca has suffered extreme burns and he has died. So, yes. yeah. He's passed. And it's so heart-wrenching I, to yeah. see dr martin just crying over his son's dead body and like trying to do magic to bring him back and realizing he can't and that he's powerless over this yeah and the amount of like guilt he feels exactly for sending his son and losing him now it's his second kid that he feels like he's lost exactly and you know it he has so many character motivations to be full of hurt and rage but i just hate again how there's this parallel trope of like this black guy, he's a bomb. He's a bomb that's going to go off and we need to, you know, nuke him before he hurts everyone. And it's yeah. it sucks that that's the path that now we take. I think in that scene when, when Damon is kind of torching the spirit and he has no idea what's happening, uh, Stefan comes in, he's like, you know, like, what's happening? And I thought that, so that's like typical Damon sort of trying to lighten the mood, being like it's some kind of a psychic witch hijinks, psych. just get over there and yeah, do like, something about it. Yeah, get over there it. and do something about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have no idea what's happening. I I wonder if they knew that it was Luca, like they would have maybe not killed him. Maybe. Yo, yeah. Well, I think Damon would have, yeah. but I don't think Stefan would have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter to Dr. Martin. Um, he is just full rage and he it's I think Stefan comes to see him and is like he's like Luca's dead like it's total a shock to Stefan and Dr. Martin says uh you're going to find out how I feel right now and he realizes he's going after Elena yeah yeah I do I completely like I think that Dr. Martin was obviously like I mean, what we call in criminal law like it's like grave provocation like when you when you see oh. something that is it's completely human to uh to want to be provoked right so the grave provocation wow. he can't control that like it's human instinct to be extremely upset when you see something like that and then you like yeah. you can't be held completely responsible for what you do because that you're not in uh in the optimal state yeah. of mind um, and I think that's right. the state of mind with which he goes to the grill. Like he's decided that he wants to end yes. her life. 
but that's where yeah. like Catherine coming in I feel like we could have seen more of that on this show I think like Catherine being a part of like the plan you know I think they worked really well together. It's a pretty good plan what they come yeah. up with. Um, but before he gets to the grill, and it sucks that we go we go from Luca's charred body yeah. to the grill where everyone's having fun and there's a band. And exactly. you're just like, I, I every time I watched this, it jolted me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like all of our white characters having fun. Yay. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy that Caroline gets this big romantic moment. It's a lot like the song is long they do like a verse chorus verse chorus I yeah. Think. yeah 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 like the, even the bridge like and of course like it doesn't mean I don't love Caroline or Candace Ackla's character I was just like in in Bonnie's words things just got real awkward <laughs> but it's adorable Matt does go up and he smooches her and um yeah that's something I realized when I was watching that scene I think that both Catherine and Caroline, I think their characters were never shy of like expressing their sexuality on this show. But there's just yeah. something different about Catherine, right? I, I like, or at least that's how yeah. they want to show it. Because I think it's like Caroline's character is a little bit of a contradiction in that sense. Like she's sort of like this, um, yeah, this conventionally attractive kind of like extremely effeminate person but then she's also mm -hmm. really strong and she doesn't really care what people think about her and she is vocal about her sexuality she's come a long ways from being insecure in the first yeah. season and being like no one ever chooses me it's like well matt has chosen you now so <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and she's and yeah. it's not like the interesting thing is that that's like not the main part of her character at all. She's like very nonchalant about it. Like it's, I like how they have projected Caroline in that sense that she likes to be, you know, she likes to have a good time. And then she likes to like, you know, she's, she, even if she's interested in different people, um, they don't kind of slut shame her character on the show. Right. Yeah. She, she's got a lot of merits, but it is yeah. weird to do this romantic moment in the middle of like yeah. a, yet another black character just dying brutally on the show. It's, it's And it was really totally crazy. unnecessary. Like, I think they could have really totally kept him on. unnecessary. Yeah. Yes. It was. Yes. Like, he, they could have just stopped this uh, spell or whatever and then like saved Luca like midway, like. If, if they even yeah, have to do it. It's like it. the writers make the rules. They could have made it so that this didn't have to happen. Um, well, anyway, we all know that. Let's move on to the Salvatore house where we see Damon is handing Catherine a blood bag and then stabs her. And he says, yeah, that's for trying to kill me. And she reveals the reason is because John gave her a choice. Ugh. She could either save Stefan or stay, save Damon to get out of the tomb and... He's like, and you chose Stefan. He does such a good job of covering up his hurt here. Like, I know I have a friend who says that he's very, that the, the animated nature of Ian Somerhalder makes him think he's not as good an actor, but I disagree. I really think that this is well-played and genuine. Yeah. Um, of trying to, he's he's experiencing like 10, 10 emotions at once. It's really well done. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I, I agree with you. I think that there's also one of the Comic-Con or like Dragon-Con, one of the conventions where somebody asks Ian Somerhalder what was his inspiration like when he was developing Damon as a character, like when he was practicing. And I forget yeah. the other person, but he said like, Mick Jagger was like one part of the inspiration and then like love it yeah and he so he had two people that he two personalities that he wanted to sort of merge and I agree with you I think Damon we like him because of his exaggerated acting because Stefan is the understated one we need that kind of yes. complementarity I guess yeah yes the chaos versus the control yeah so Elena walks into the grill bathroom this sounds like the beginning of a joke Elena walks into the grill bathroom and she finds <laughs> Matt and Caroline smooching and she's like, oh, sorry. And they're like, sorry, Elena. And she closes the door and she smiles for them because she's genuinely happy. happy for them. And that's one of the things I love about Elena is how much she genuinely cares about her friends, even if she forgets to ask them sometimes about traumatic things that have happened to them okay so <laughs> and considering that yeah considering that matt and elena were together for a long time 
apparently none of this is awkward for anyone yeah she's like full fully on board and yeah i love that um bonnie's about to go into the bathroom and elena is like oh i wouldn't do that if i were you because matt and caroline are in there uh and bonnie's like and you're okay and she's like if they're happy i'm happy and she says speaking of being happy jeremy makes me happy is it cool if i date him and I love, again, that Elena is like, yeah, of course it is. Like, you're an amazing person. My brother deserves someone like you. And Yeah, um, that was really nice of her. And like super mature as well. I actually thought Elena would be like, no, like I feel like Jeremy shouldn't be dating within the supernatural community. Right, yeah, but, you um, think she's going to be all shitty about it, but yeah. she's not. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was like, that was honestly really nice. And it was like surprising considering like Bonnie hasn't had the easiest kind of romantic life like she has not had like yeah neither of them have yeah yeah. so yeah no I agree I think like that went well like Elena especially on the same night like you know hearing about that and I also feel like Jenna is just one of the girls like in this episode she's not even like the aunt she's just kind of like (laughs) totally the older like like person in the group who's just one of them so that's that's also quite nice like she's not the stereotypical aunt or whatever so dr martin comes in Mm -hmm. and um bonnie notices him and follows him and uh we see Catherine and damon you know like about to go to the grill he's like you know dr martin's going after elena and Catherine says i can help you let me come with you and this is where they cook up a little scheme which we're going to see play out I love when Damon cooks up a scheme. Um, So back at the grill, uh, Bonnie walks up to Dr. Martin and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, my son's dead. And she's genuinely shocked. Yeah. And she's like, whatever you think you have to do, there's a better way. Um, But she doesn't take a moment to empathize with him. Yeah. There's really not enough there. I think, I don't know. He says the only hopes of getting my daughter back is if I have Elena. So he makes the lights go out and he's searching for her. Meanwhile, Matt and Caroline are in the bathroom kissing and Matt is like, oh, I should go help. Elena and Stefan, Elena in quotes, and Stefan enter and they're like, all right, we need to get Elena out of here. And Alaric escorts her out, like the real Elena, and gets her home. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Matt and Caroline... Yeah, and then I think the power goes out and then Matt goes out to check. But like, there's this interesting thing where... Where, like, Dr. Martin kind of gives Bonnie, like, a brain aneurysm and then she kind of, like, faints. And I I feel like... Yeah, so this was one of those interesting episodes where when I was thinking back about the rules, like, that apply on this show, like, can witches give other witches brain aneurysms and how do they heal? Because we know vampires heal, like, because that's, like, a... Uh, but they don't I didn't get the impression it was an aneurysm I thought it was more like he just kind of made her go to sleep sort of like just like you know it's not as violent as what he does to Matt because like he definitely like Matt like grabs him and it's like instead of using magic Dr. Martin smashes a bottle and sticks it into Matt's neck in a super gruesome moment Caroline of course is like Matt and she like jumps Dr. Martin he gives her an aneurysm and um, it's just, it's crazy. It's a chaos and all the grill is just like totally on fire. People are fleeing. Um, and Matt, the hero, you know, ever the hero can't be a hero for Caroline, but she can be for him. Mm-hmm. And she gives him some of her blood and she saves him. Yes. Meanwhile, at the Gilbert house, Elena and, well, Elena in quotes, and Stefan arrive and Bonnie and Jeremy are like, we just got home. Like, I can't believe, you know, what's happening. Oh, yeah, there's a moment with Bonnie and Jeremy where she's like, I can't believe he's dead after what we did to him. And Jeremy is like, no, after what he did to you, I know you feel bad, but I don't. Shocking. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Thanks. I'm like, Fuck how off. did the script? All right. Yeah, how did they even write that scene? Like, I mean, it's, it's hard enough to, like, sideline the character this much, but then to be like, yes, let him die, like, I don't even feel bad. And also, you guys just roofied him and invaded his mind. What did Luca do to Bonnie that was so bad? Made her think that he took the spell off the moonstone? That was bad? Fuck off! Anyway, I'm mad. Um, Thank you for validating my anger. I appreciate you. No, that that really jumped out at me. I was like, 
I think this is like excessive. Like I think the rest of the story, I think people might even miss the sidelining or tokenization of certain characters. Yes. But this was a very obvious. This was not even um yeah subtle or somehow like woven into the storyline. Was like extremely explicit to say that yeah they were like get rid of him yeah and then and for Jeremy to be Very like awful. that Luca did this to you what did he do he literally made a case that Dr. Martin hear you out and that's why like all of this he, they could have just you know been like we want nothing to do with you and and just not cooperated oh so um Jeremy's a dum-dum he's like why would we check the house and Stefan is like it's not over yet and Catherine as Elena goes upstairs and is just going to like wash her face or something. And of yeah. course, Dr. Martin appears behind her and she immediately attacks him. And we, we think that she's killed him and they all rush upstairs. And um, Bonnie is like, you didn't have to kill him. Yeah. And Catherine just says, yes, we did. And again, it's like, why? Why, why, why? why? I, it, oh God. Yeah. So, of course, there's this creepy moment where Bonnie goes to, like, shut his eyes and he grabs her. That was scary. And then Catherine snaps his neck. Yeah. And uh, we just think, like, ooh, that was just a bad jump scare. But we'll find out later what it was. No, I felt like that was a scene where I actually felt really bad for Dr. Martin because I feel like he's constantly kind of outnumbered, you know? No wonder he's, like, so protective and, like, a bit reticent i guess to like make plans with these people because he knows that ultimately it's just him and luca and none of them will ever prioritize them over you know any of these guys Um, exactly that was a good plan and i still feel bad for dr martin because i feel like both of them could have just survived and like been very integral part of the show going forward yes and i would love to see bonnie work with other witches like and just have something that was like meaningful to like her roots you know, because she doesn't have her grams anymore. Anyway, woulda, coulda, shoulda, writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Damon is talking about this plan and he's like, it was Catherine's idea. And Elena's like, oh, that's not good. And he's like, yeah, no. Uh, but Catherine comes downstairs and she gives Elena back her necklace. And she's like, your pretty little outfit is going to need a good dry clean. <laughs> and she's like, really, you're not going to thank me? And Elena is like, this does not change the way that I feel about you. And I love that Catherine goes, well, I don't much like you either, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, I'm not a threat to you. If any of you are going to believe me, believe that. And I'm like, why? And they all have these faces of like, why? Yeah, fuck off, Catherine. Yeah, because Catherine has uh. like repeatedly demonstrated that the moment circumstances change and like she is no longer in a position of leverage, she will switch um, sides. Like she's not... Allegiances. Yeah, yeah. so she's not... Um, you can't really trust her and she's not a loyal person. But in this situation, mm-hmm. she did kind of like, I guess, show up for everyone she came through. yeah she came through yeah. but um yeah yeah it's not a promise of things to come though exactly. and they all know that speaking of promises of things to come alaric is trying to get jenna back as he delivers her home and he's essentially like look isabella's dead there are things i can't tell you it's not for me to tell and you can be upset and hate me i, I get that but just know that i love you and at least i can tell you that much but Jenna doesn't do this wishy-washy thing with men anymore. And she goes, good night, Rick. Yeah. And I'm proud of her. Same. Go, Jenna. Yeah. Good boundaries. She goes inside and she says to Elena, tonight was very weird. And Elena's like, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, she doesn't have any idea because you don't tell her shit. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of not telling people shit, we go to Jeremy's room. Uh, where he's like, Bonnie, I think you're in serious denial. The only witch that could have given you back your powers is dead. Are you okay? And at least Jeremy is caring about Bonnie, and she kisses him, and she says, when he grabbed me, he gave me my powers back, and he wants me to kill Klaus. And Jeremy's like, did he include a how? And she says, yeah, he did. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That was such an exciting sort of thing to hear for the viewers so i love how in the vampire diaries like this happens a lot it's the storyline is usually really solid in itself but even when they're not telling us what's next they include like hints in the script which i really love that kind of 
hook the viewers on like so now we have totally. as the, so now as the viewers like we have a lot of optimism for like what's to come right like yes we know Klaus is yes. in the picture but we also know that there's going to be a lot of drama and and like action and like Bonnie's going to be in the middle of it which means everybody else is going to be in the yes. middle of it so it makes you want to watch more without knowing what's coming and I think that's like you know it's something that they do really well on the show it definitely is another thing they do really well on this show is will they won't they uh sexy scenes so Catherine oh I love this <laughs> No, this is probably my favorite scene this of the scene episode, was one to be of, honest. Like, yeah, <laughs> this scene is one of the reasons why I love Damon. Let's paint the picture, Anusha. Catherine in her luxurious curly hair in like a sexy little lingerie robe walks in, slinks into... She slinks everywhere she goes. She doesn't walk. She slinks. Yeah. She yeah. <laughs> slinks into Damon's room and he's still doing his homework. He's a, a, a good little vampire reading his, the journals and um diaries <clears throat> and Catherine sits down on his bed and yeah and then she's sort of trying she comes really close to him you know we the viewers get a sense that something is going to happen that maybe Damon and Catherine are having a moment she's they're coming closer to each other she's kind of trying to run her fingers on him whatever and then <laughs> Damon is just like he's about to kiss her but then he's like, there are six bedrooms, go find one. And then he pushes her yes! face like onto yes! the other side. Yes! I love this. I love to see Damon like really uh, sort of stringing Catherine along, even if it's like yeah. for the little moments like this, you know, because she yes. did that to him. That's right. Exactly. And I just love like she pouts and then she like shakes her yeah. head at him. But, like, he's being smart because he's not letting her in. Exactly. Love it when they're smart. Ooh. So we go to Caroline's room, and she's creepily sitting very calmly in a chair as he wakes up covered in blood, but he's fine. And he's like, oh, my God, I drank your blood and your face. And she's like, my blood healed you. And he's like, how? And she's like, because that's what vampire blood does for humans. And that's what I am. It was painful for me to watch. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, this is. Yeah. Also, it's one of the first times that we see um, like Matt in that type of a situation. Like, yes, he's usually in danger, but he's never like in a fatal sort of situation. So it was a bit new. But then I see him freaking out about Vicky and it kind of brings back all of these first season kind of memories and vibes like I know how hard it was for Matt to lose Vicky like I remember that especially because he he yes um you know he's alone now he's alone he had an absentee mom and I don't know about his dad and then like Vicky was gone and not in the picture yeah he was pretty lost so it was really hard to see and I feel like um maybe I don't know if it was a great way to like to for to cap for Caroline to like disclose this whole story to Matt because you know he's like obviously not he's just recovering from like a really traumatic situation this is not the kind of circumstance where you tell somebody that like there's vampires in your in your town and like everybody is <laughs> yeah, like read the room, Caroline. <laughs> yeah so I just I feel like she could have just been like could she not have like erased his memory or something like that? Like, why did she just have to be honest in this particular situation? And then she could have brought back yeah. the memories when he was like more I don't know. I just feel like she, totally. yeah, they, since people are just so selective about when they toy with people's memories, <laughs> I feel like this is that situation where he was so fragile and like all he could think about yes. was Vicky and rightfully so, because like Vicky is such an integral part of this entire storyline from Matt's perspective. So for sure. But I, I just think feel Caroline's like, just riding the high of her like her grand romantic gesture getting up on stage and singing. And so she's like, oh, this is another grand romantic gesture and it's going to go so well. It does not. Um, He absolutely freaks out about Vicky. And the scene ends with them just like almost tussling. Like she's like, Matt, you have to calm down. I think this was um, a very realistic um, scene from Matt's side. Yeah. Yeah, it was for sure. So this equation between Matt and Caroline is one of the few... um, dynamics that we see where the power imbalance between the a vamp like a supernatural and like a human are so clear and matt brings that out here you know he's yes. like oh oh my god yes. i can't trust anybody like did you do this to vicky like you know he's right. he sees himself as distinctly different from her 
and that is absent in all of the other kind of like dynamics i think even with elena she's just yeah. like she's fully like one of them she had now. It a bit in season one yeah yeah but she's one of them now yeah. for sure yeah so that was interesting to yeah. watch yeah so we go to the Gilbert kitchen where Jenna and Elena are sharing ice cream. And I just put a little heart in my notes because I love when they're buddies. And she's like, if I go to bed right now, there's a chance that I'll wake up hangover free. <laughs> yeah. But ding dong. Oh. Who's there at the door? Hi, I'm Elena's mother. You must be Jenna. Chills. Actual chills. Yeah! And that's where the episode ends unbelievable anusha who are you taking and who are you staking from this episode okay i'm taking damon because he literally wasn't like he was in two kind of borderless situations in one day like to protect the people he loves but then he still kind of retained his sense of humor i think like he was in pretty dangerous situations but they didn't make this episode about him so um i like yeah. I, I take damon and i just this for me was damon in his element like focusing on solving a problem and not getting distracted by love interests, but also putting Catherine in her place while respecting her. I think that overall good episode for Damon. Stake John. Yeah. Stake John slash Isabel because John tried to get Damon. Because what the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think that John just wants Damon dead and I just don't like Isabel. Honestly, she's just, I don't know, like... She's just, she seems like a dangerous person and she should not be in her daughter's life. Who are you taking and who are you staking? I am taking Jenna because I love that she's not tied up with any of this horrible plot. Yeah. And I just want to like take her away from this show to a safe space where she gets to just be awesome and have a boyfriend who can be honest with her and (laughs) doesn't keep secrets about weird dead ladies and they don't show up at her house. You know, that's what I want for Jenna. Nice. (laughs) And... I am unsurprisingly staking the writers for the way that they did the Dr. Martin Luca storyline in this. Yeah. Boo. Boo! <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. All right. I didn't know we could include non-actors. I would have also included the writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to get creative at this point because I can't just... I've staked everyone at this point. <laughs> no, I feel like, honestly, you can take Jenna in every episode in this show. Like, she's just such an unproblematic Hell, slash, yes. like, positive influence on everyone's <laughs> Wonderful. life. Wonderful sunshine yes i love her what is the word of the day i'm so glad you asked today the word of the day is scrupulous scrupulous means to be very careful about doing something correctly it can also mean careful about doing what is honest and morally right so we are both going to write a little sentence that includes scrupulous to describe this episode all right anusha what's your sentence my sentence is, I would love to see more of Damon's scrupulous attention to detail when executing elaborate plans to save the lives of people who matter. My sentence is, Jenna thinks Rick isn't being honest in their relationship, but actually he's being very scrupulous about how and when to reveal the town's supernatural element. That's super relevant, yeah. So um, my word of the day is cantankerous. <laughs> I love you brought your own word of the day. Yes. Hell yes. Cantankerous. What does cantankerous mean, Anusha? Wait, sorry. I thought we had to bring our own word. Could we have used one from the show? Because I feel like all of the words in the show were like used in common parlance. So I I find it on Miriam Webster's website. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. So so they have one for every day. So you don't have to, but if you want to, I'm like very down. Yeah. No. So, um, Okay, so cantankerous actually is apparently like, uh, you know, it's, a lot of people might know this word, but we just don't use this very often. So I thought it might be fun yeah. to do that. So cantankerous means um, bad-tempered, argumentative, or uncooperative. Somebody I was talking to recently actually used this in a sentence in common parlance, and I just like, I laughed. I was like, wow, I love talking yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, why? Did, did I say something funny? I was like, no, this is just a casual conversation that in which we use cantankerous. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. Anusha, what's your sentence? John is the unwanted house guest. I despise his cantankerous attitude as he makes his way back into his niece slash biological daughter's life unannounced. Ooh. And what's yours? 
Catherine thinks the gang is being cantankerous with her, but they just don't trust her after all the shit she's done. Look at us enriching our, our, our vocabulary. Yes, enriching our minds through and, the lens of the vampire diaries. Yeah, and hopefully... <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully we don't lose listeners because like now we just have this word of the day segment. They're like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, what it came from our English class. Me and Nikki started it in honor of the fact that we would, well, mostly me, I would do all of my homework sentences, my vocab about the previous night's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a thing that I would do in high school and... I. My teacher thought I was being a troll, but I was just really passionate about the Vampire Diaries. I love this segment. Yeah. Anyway, all right. You can find our show's socials on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Vamp Diaries. Uh, you can also email us at DearVampDiaries at gmail.com. And Anusha, where can the people find you? People can find me on Instagram at It's Me Anusha, I-T-S-M-E-A-N-U-S-H-A. And um, I think some of you may know that we do polls on Instagram where we ask our listeners to kind of chime in uh, on social issues that form the basis of our polls. So if you want to see what kind of polls we've done in the past, you can check out my Instagram profile. I'm happy with the way people are responding to our social media. So yeah, please stay tuned and just like yeah. uh, like our posts, maybe share it with your friends and then or share it on your stories. Um, my Instagram profile is still private, so please do request to follow me if you're interested in answering our polls. That's all for the house guest. I have been your host, Bridget, and Anusha has been our guest today. Thanks for joining us, and tune in next time to find out if any other talented actresses on TVD will get to sing a full song. Tune in next time also to find out if Luca comes back to life. Dear Diary, There are six other bedrooms in this house. Go find one. Dear Diary, tonight was very weird. Dear Diary, it's some kind of crazy-ass psychic witch attack. Get over there and do something about it. Dear Diary, you didn't have to kill him.